Welcome to Bad Hasbara, the world's most moral podcast. My name is Matt Lieb. I will be your host for this podcast, and I am so glad that you are joining us today. Um, before we get started, I want to let people know we now have a subreddit. That's right. You know Reddit? That thing on the internet where it's like message boards or something? Yeah, well, we have a sub one of those. Go to our r slash bad has bara um and you will be able to you know post stuff like post some of your favorite uh you know bits of propaganda that you've seen or you know post questions or post you know episode requests or episode suggestions basically post to your heart is content um also uh, and i want to thank our moderator um uh jp ben who is uh the mod of that as well as being the guy who is running the at most moral pod uh bad hasbara twitter account so follow us on twitter at most moral pod um and uh thank you jp ben i also want to uh thank someone who's helping me a bit out with some producing uh and that is uh adam levine or Levine, or Adam Levin. I did not ask him his pronunciation. Um, I assume he probably, you know, not doing Adam Levine because there's already the Maroon 5 guy. So maybe it's Adam uh, Levin. Levin feels better to say uh, thank you for, uh, you know, for helping me out with uh, some of uh, the production and uh, editing down some of the clips. So shout out to him. Uh, and finally... Uh, patreon.com slash fraudcast. Uh, if you go to that and, uh, sign up, not only do you get these episodes, but you also get other episodes of me talking about, uh, the wire and the, the Sopranos. I know those are probably not also your interests <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a fun show. You, you'll like it's pod yourself a gun, uh, and the fraudcast. Those are my original podcasts. Um, and when you sign up for the $5 tier or more, you also get access to the Discord. So Discord is like Reddit, but it's a different thing. Anyways, um, so yeah, who doesn't want to be part of a Discord chat? Um, you know, if you know what Discord is, you know it's fun or something. I don't know. I think people like share classified documents in it. I'm not sure what it's for, but I go on it sometimes and I just watch people talk and I go like, cool, they're talking about stuff. So do that. Anyways, um, let's get this show started. Uh, this is me kind of, I tacked this on to the beginning of this episode because I forgot to do it once again. And I was like, I got to tell people about the Reddit and I got to tell people about Adam and, and, and JP Ben, these guys are helping me out. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Thank you so much for your help, and uh, enjoy this episode of Bad Has Bar. Thank you so much for being here with all of us to, uh, you know, watch this podcast about uh, Israeli propaganda. Or listen. Or listen. Uh, speaking of which, listening, so good. And let me tell you why. When you listen... Um, there's like ads that happen in the middle of it, uh, which is, it doesn't make much money, but it makes some money. 
And for me, listen. You'll take some money. I'll always take some money over no money. Absolutely. And with YouTube. That's why you're good with money. That's why, exactly. That's why. Because if someone offered you like no money Mm -hmm. or money, you'll always take money. I always always said that about you. You I always always take the money. If someone's just like, I'll give you no money for you to do this. Or I'll give you some money for you to. Is this, do this. a Jewish trope, by the way? This is not a Jewish trope. This Got is it. actually just anyone I think of any religion uh, or ethnicity or nationality um, knows that you always take a little bit of money. True. Over no money, and so the thing with YouTube. Listen, I love that you're here. I love that you're looking at me. I love that I have to uh, now think about what I look like. I love that um, now my shirt is fair game. For people to talk shit on in the comments. They're talking shit about your shirt? Someone did. Fine. That's great. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, money uh, can't make any on YouTube because everything gets demonetized for whatever reason. And so, um, I just put my seat down a little. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to be watching the podcast, which is fine with me, um, make sure that you, you know, check out that super comment button. You see, there's a button on there that I learned about where you can say something like, hey, your shirt sucks, but you can give me $5. <laughs> and for me, I will always take $5 in exchange for saying how much my shirt sucks. Always. Anyways, so do that. Um, or listen, five stars in a review. Please write reviews. Do it. Go to the Apple Podcast app store and be like, I love this podcast. Badass Borrow. So good. Five stars. Or go to Spotify and do it. That'd be sick. All right. Let's get down to business, ladies and gentlemen, everyone else. We have a fantastic guest today. Our guest today, mm, my God, she's smart. She's sexy. She's beautiful. She is the mother of my child. And she has a wonderful podcast called The Bituation Room, which uh, you probably already listened to. But if you don't, what are you doing? Um, If you don't, what are you doing? You know, it's a really great podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, our guest today is Francesca Fiorentini. Hey. She's right next to me. How you doing? Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Yeah, I'm good. Up? I'm good. Hey, babe. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. Okay, sick. Thank you for coming on. I really oh, appreciate no problem. it. You know, like, <clears throat> listen, it's been it's been hard to book, Francesca. It's been really hard, yeah. Listen, I've been, you know, hitting up her people. Like, yes. my people have been talking to her people. Yes. And um, I've been getting the runaround, to be honest. Sorry about that. I just, you know. You're busy. You're booked. It's, it's hard. The life of a booked person. Yeah, and a know. mom, you know. Yeah, she's also a mother. The default parent. That's Well, yeah, but I, I do stuff too. Who are you? I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've been teaching the baby to say, Matt. Yeah, you've also Matt. <laughs> you, Matt. You've also taught the baby um, to every time I'm in her presence and I look on my phone. I didn't teach her this. Yes, you. Well, you. She learned by example. Every time I look on my phone and not at the baby while I'm in her presence, she goes, "Hi, hi, hi," and that is something you literally do. <laughs> I would do. I love that. I feel like baby is like outdone me on some trying to like shame you for being on your phone all the time. This morning I was trying to teach the baby um, how to jack off. <laughs> no, you know how to do. I don't care. Oh, so she was kind of she moves her hands, and so I was trying to do the jack off and then open hand fist. I don't. Oh, care. you were doing that. <laughs> I was doing this. I don't care. Yeah, she didn't really get it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad we're you're, working on. We're still working care. on the sign language <laughs> uh, with the baby. <laughs> we're gonna figure it out. You know, know. she's doing more. 
More. Um, I don't care. Yeah, she's doing go fuck yourself. <laughs> she's doing love. I love She's you. doing love. It's so cute. <laughs> I love babies. Uh, let's talk about dead ones. Yeah, which is why we started this podcast. Um, by we, I mean me, but with the support of my lovely wife here. Um, Francesca. You're getting more famous than me. What are you talking about? Yeah, people are like, oh, hey, how are you? I love what Matt's doing. No, but that's only because literally all those people that you know are people that you already like like you i have want to i want already... genocide to stop for many reasons number one genocide bad oh, yeah sure and number two What's the second reason? stop giving matt way too much like influence and power and it's going to my all head all the views all the clicks all the retweets i'm getting clicks i'm getting retweets very excited i'll tell you you know my he's getting, he's... my twitter is off the hook to quote succession my Twitter is off the hook. <laughs> that what they said. Forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, that was what uh, Kendall said. Oy, oy, oy. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I, honestly, I think the greatest gift to the world would be um, a free Palestine because it would also free up my palace time wow. to do other projects. I'm sorry about the pun. Um, but yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right where you need to be. And you, um, are someone who is effortlessly, it feels been able to tap into the humor of all of this. Mm. Uh, something that I don't, I, I honestly don't think anyone else has been able to do in the way that you have. Maybe Sammy Obeid has been. Well, yeah, no, uh, tons of Palestinian, uh, (laughs) comics and content creators, uh, and, um, you know, like in America and in um, in England, I've seen like just really hilarious people um, doing it. I think the difference is um, that uh, I am, Americans are very scared. Americans are very scared, and also uh, those Palestinian comics are not trying to um, like critique. Like I'm critiquing liberal Zionists yeah. in America and Zionism uh, from the perspective of someone who's like, I'm watching. I know you guys, all all my American Jewish friends and and uh, colleagues and relations and whatnot. I know that you have at one point said things like Black Lives Matter or genocide bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching people, you know, turn their back on that uh, and then using some bullshit um faux social justice excuse in order to like allow this to take place so uh yeah you know i i feel like that that's the big difference but i i also um encourage people to check out sammy obeyed even though he he needs he needs no shout out because he's he's fucking huge Yeah, yeah yeah he's getting big which is like making me very happy yeah because uh we both at one point had the same manager who dropped both of us because we were anti-Zionists. <laughs> Take that. For real? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say less... that's why, but I will say that uh, I did get a big talking to at one point. Um, that's right, because they called some... their offices. Some random person called their offices. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, or emailed him about some like weird, it was just some weird email thing. And I remember being like, is this, am I being yelled at in this email? Is this an opportunity? Like, what is this? And I, I was also like, why are you bringing this to me? Is this me? a like, gig? Like, if this looks insane to you, then leave it. Like, why would you even bring it? Yeah. Just ignore um, it. A, a random, yeah. It like was 
that's his way of getting into a conversation. That's such a fucking coward move. Yeah, about it. And you know, it, it was it was cordial. He he didn't A want... random troll reached out to me about something you said. Right. Now I want to use this random troll right. as and, a jumping off point. And it was back when I was working at at AJ Plus, uh, which is where you and I that's right. Uh, so that's where I meet you. you. Yeah, you meet you me there. Um, she never forget. Never forget. That's what that saying's about. <laughs> it's about me too. Wait, is it about nine eleven or is it about the Holocaust and the first, first and foremost? I think first Holocaust. Holocaust uh, then eventually never eleven. Ne never eleven. Never eleven. I, never for eleven. For sure, when I was in Argentina, nunca oh, mas. So was never always again about... is Holocaust. Never forget is. Uh, yes, 9 that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never forget. Yeah. Never yeah. nude is Tobias Funke, Arrested Development. Great show. Um, what were you gonna say about Argentina? Nothing. That just like nunca mas was always the slogan of the military dictatorship and junta. And look where they are now. <laughs> yeah, they're doing great in Bending Argentina. Bending back towards the military dictatorship. But what are we talking about today? Matt? Today we're gonna be talking about you know finally uh, there's um, some good news. Um, I want to talk today about um, the Irish. Ooh. I want to talk about how uh in this time as uh, everyone who listens to this podcast knows right now there is a um trial uh over at the international court of justice in which south africa has taken israel to court to say hey that looks like genocide and uh israel is like nah actually you or whatever they basically mm -hmm. are just trying mm -hmm. to you know i'm rubber you are glue mm -hmm. um and uh, the, you know, obviously, you know, big shout out to South Africa. A lot of, um, I think people are waking up to the idea that, you know, all of these countries that we don't even consider in the West, you know, you know, we don't look at them as anything other than like, you know, the news looking at them as threats, like framing them as like an economic threat, like China or whatever, like any of the BRIC countries. Um, and, you know, seeing that and going like, oh, finally, like a country that's run by like adults who aren't going to are not going to lie to us, at least about this issue. Yeah. Um, and so I've been feeling a lot of love for our uh, South African comrades. But I also have to point out the Irish. I take back everything I ever said about your <laughs> your people, your land, your love of alcohol. You mean your potatoes. people? And yes, and my people as well. You know, I've always been a self-hating uh, part Irishman. There you go. And uh, I've, uh, you know, I, listen, yeah, I, American Irish and regular Irish are different. And I think... Um, That's how uh, I feel about Italians, but they're both bad in different ways. Right. Oh, how how so? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Explain oh, that's another, your anti-Italian racism. That's for another uh, podcast. Yeah. That's a spicy take. <laughs> <laughs> that's a spicy take. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, you know, I uh, I first of all, I love the Irish. Irish are great. Um, and I've been uh, I make fun of the uh, Irish all the time. I love their accents. I think they sound silly, and they are a fun country with great people. And I've always respected them, but. Man, I have never grown to respect them more so than in the past three months because it's the one thing people forget about, you know, Europeans is that there's this giant block of Europeans that are all, um, you know, like we, we consider them all to be the West and they're all kind of like in lockstep behind Israel in one fashion or another. Sure, there are like pockets of people, but the EU in general, I feel like, has been... Um, 
supportive more so than, you know, like anywhere else other than the United States. And people forget that the Irish, although they are a part of the EU, um, they don't fucks with no occupation. They don't fucks with any fucking uh, British They're the global south state. of the global north. That's right. They are. And uh, so I've been like just like looking at some uh, great uh, Irish content in the last few weeks. Um, <clears throat> but what I, I wanted to say to get into our first one was um, American Irish Americans uh, very much enjoy claiming um, Irish status. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they're, you know, hey, you know, I'm fucking Irish. It's like, why are you doing an Italian accent? Um, and uh, or like, you know, the pack the car and have it yard guys. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like uh, they, they, they love it. The ethnic whites. And that includes up into the president. You know, uh, Biden very much talks about his uh, his Irish American heritage. And uh, recently at uh, the uh, European Parliament, uh, uh, a member of the European Parliament, a, uh, a woman by the name of Claire Daly, who is an independent and a socialist, had this to say about uh, what's going on currently in Israel and in Gaza and in the United States. And I want to play a little bit for Catastrophic all. death toll it has inflicted. Israel is losing on the ground and in the court of public opinion. There's no way that this ends that doesn't leave Israel a pariah state with occupation and apartheid on borrowed time, and mm. they know it. So they're doing everything they can desperate acts of aggression to provoke a wider conflict with Lebanon, with Iran, with anybody to draw in the US, to save them from the consequences of their own actions. Mm. And as Yemen shows, Butcher Biden is reporting for duty. Ooh. With Europe's proud genocide by his side, they are the ones who have enabled the continuation of the Did she, did she just say proud genocide? Wait, <laughs> yeah. pause it. Consequences oh, yeah, yeah. Of <laughs> she said proud genocide. Reporting, uh, let's see, with Europeans' frau genocide by his side. <laughs> with Europe's frau genocide by his side, they are the ones who have enabled the continuation of Israeli terror. Without them, it would already be over. Mm -hmm. So take note, Butcher Biden. Ooh. The ancestors of the Ireland that you claim to be from Ooh. disown you. Oh. Out of your mouth. And as for von der Leyen and genocide of Germany with your words and deeds supporting Israel in the ICJ, not in our name. The people of Europe stand with Palestine and with South Africa. Yeah. Oh, damn. Keep her fucking name out your fucking mouth keep her country's name keep out your fucking name she just will smith him. i know just fucking slapped on the floor just... of the european parliament so mad she couldn't even stick the land she just left she just was so yeah. disgusted oh my god like and also i listen i appreciate the genocide joe but Butcher Biden. Butcher Biden is. It works. Kind of works even it better. It works better. Listen, this is a country of poets. I'm telling you. The That's Irish, exactly right. They're, you know, they're a country of poets. They come from a long line. It's Samuel Beckett, I think. But I think it's really important to have, because we've only been hearing from 
Um, I mean, Germany, the UK that mm -hmm. have all supported, you know, uh, well, supported Israel and then mm -hmm. supported now the bombing of the Houthis in, mm -hmm. in Yemen. That's right. But then you see, I guess France is negotiating some kind of humanitarian aid, right. uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like France is like squishy. And uh, I find that even like more detestable because they're like, well, well we're, we're a little bit more hardline, you know, a little bit more mad about it. But it's like you're still support. This is you're still squishy about it. Don't yeah. like it. <laughs> Squishy, I you know like what I that. Mean? Yeah, yeah, the wishy washy. Yeah, squishy is squishy, is better. squashy. Squishy, squashy. No, but the fact that like to actually represent, you know, Europeans who mm -hmm. are against what is going on, I think is um, is incredibly important. And yeah. even shit saying Europe stands with South Africa and beautiful, <clears throat> and 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 just like and then saying that we disown you, that is. Mm, I the love Irish that. people, we don't claim you. He's You I, hear me, Butcher Biden? It's fucking over. You can no longer talk about how you're part of us. <laughs> Jesus wouldn't like it. You've got to fight your da. That's what they say. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. He's like, I don't want you. I don't, I'm yeah, about no, to no, sound do Jamaican. It. I, don't, <laughs> I don't want. No, no, it's more like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't do Irish without going to Jamaican. But I was thinking like, and on St. Patty's then, Day. You are a bumbleclad butty boy. I don't want to see you wearing green. <laughs> yeah, that's Scottish. All right. <laughs> I, can't. I can't. I can't do it. It's all right. It's fine. The point is. is How do you say them. green in Irish? Oh, yeah, so to do the accent, you got to start up here. Oh, I don't oh, want to see you wearing wear green. green. It's not the r. No, like that's green. Scottish is, is the r. Oh, okay, okay. I don't want to see you wearing... Green. I don't want to see you wearing the... I don't want to see you wearing green. An apron that says, kiss me, I'm Irish. Yeah, you're not allowed to wear the, the apron anymore. You can't wear the apron. I don't want to see you wearing a mug, carrying you, a mug. Yeah, you can't go around wearing green on St. Paddy's Day and trying to not get pinched. You're going to get feckin' pinched <laughs> either way. <laughs> now when you get drunk, it's because you're a drunk, not because you're an Irishman. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. No, it, it is... Look, uh, I think we need more people like this speaking out, especially, yeah. um, you know... For all the ways that South Africa is held up as this incredible example of resistance mm -hmm. and liberation and wow, Nelson Mandela emerges from prison and becomes president in this yeah, new, yeah. newfound democracy and all the fucking lip service at the end of the day, mm -hmm. um, this is a racist world that has, that looks and the United States looks on South Africa and is like, mm -hmm. meh. Yeah, no, That's okay. exactly. South Africa put Biden, quote, on notice. Yeah. I'm putting you on notice yeah. that we are going to be prosecuting you yep. in international court yep. for your complicity in genocide. So yeah. it's just like, it's nope. so beautiful. And yet, and yet again, all the fucking lip service to black freedom mm -hmm. is just that, you know? And when black freedom wants to be more than just black freedom. Right, when it wants to be leadership, global leadership, you immediately see all of a sudden all these fucking liberals. Yeah. All the liberals who, you know, yeah, they talk about how much they love Shit. Nelson Mandela. What'd you just break? <laughs> 
completely broke this thing. Okay. <laughs> you broke your headphones. I broke the headphones. All right, everything's fine. But yeah, the, they talk about this stuff, uh, and they, you know, they always pay lip service to causes that uh, have already been, you know, after the fact. Like I forget who said it, but someone said a liberal is someone who supports, uh, who detests uh, every war and every atrocity except for the one that's currently exactly. going on. Exactly. And, and so, like you see now this like complete switch where all of the sudden you know uh like liberals are being like oh oh see how south africa's talking about it like uh why don't you ask a white farmer how they're doing if you want to talk genocide let's talk about white genocide and it's like this this is i swear to god like liberals i you know they've they've always i've always heard you know scratch a liberal and a fascist bleeds or whatever <laughs> but i've never really fully like uh, subscribe to that notion i kind of just see it as like part of for some people at least me personally it's, it was part of a progression but honestly some liberals straight up i've not seen a fucking issue radicalize people so fast or have them so like easily and willingly throw out any ideals that they previously held because it just doesn't fit in with this narrative that they need to support their president no matter what and it's like you you're doing you're fucking caping for this old senile man like at least just like just if you want to cape for him just say he's old he doesn't know what he's saying his brain is broken you know like do that i would accept that but the fact is is people are just uh they're just like, no, I think I'm going to go after uh, South Africa. Well, and the other thing is, is that liberalism is always about um, playing it safe. Yeah. It is always about not sticking your neck out. Yes. It is always about remaining comfortable. Mm. It is always about being for something until it means you might have something on the line to lose. Yes. Or it might impact your life. Yeah. And that is the sort of the yard signification of the BLM mm -hmm, movement. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it is. I will virtue signal, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. I will post about it, but I won't necessarily, well, not even post about it. In this case, posting about it might actually cost you a job, a friend, a relative, or whatnot. Yeah. And so it is it is a perfect issue to, um, and I would say, as you've seen and as we've seen, liberals truly um, cower uh, in, in absolute... Um, I, oh, in cower and cowardice. Yeah, yeah. I've also seen young people, I think, become radicalized by this moment. Yeah. And, I, and I think in a lot of moments, I will say, let this moment radicalize you. It yeah. is okay to be radicalized by this moment. And it is happening to so many folks um, as they see that structurally, um, when something so heinous happens on our dime, mm. no, we will still not be moved to stop it. I mean, just this week, right? Uh, Bernie Sanders, of all people, because my God, he's been such an absent leader in this moment, yep. finally, <clears throat> you know, put up this resolution in the Senate to investigate, to just, hey, check into Israel's actions. Mm -hmm. This is a week after South Africa lays out this beautifully succinct case in five ways that Israel is not only doing genocide, but has genocidal intent, mm -hmm. stating in, in, even in their, you know, their case, like nobody sets out to do genocide. So we understand that. Mm -hmm. no, one no one who's in the middle of a genocide says, I hereby declare yeah, yeah, genocide. Yeah. We are doing one genocide. Yeah, I have a genocide. Exactly. Yeah. So in this moment, it's like you see South Africa step up. You see them, 
you know, bring fucking receipts. And then you see the United States is like, hey, maybe we could like keep receipts. We don't have to do anything with them. Right. Let's right. just keep them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And let's yeah. just like let's just bookmark them. Let's bookmark Can we just on Twitter. Say, just create a folder. Exactly. There's yeah. no there's no genocide mentioned. <clears throat> it is just uh, human rights violations. Yeah. And they could not pass that at yeah. all. Was it seventy two to? 10 11 72 to 11 that it got uh struck down in the senate and you just like you look at that and you it's it's um it's so disheartening um and it, it also you know it feels like such a total moral failure on the part of not just honestly not just the people who voted against it but the people who brought it for like bernie sanders bringing it forth now mm. You know, and, and and I think part of me uh, of my resentment is that, like, while I I'm glad he did something eventually, a big part of the resentment I have against uh, a lot of people, um, in f for the last three months has been, we said this is what is going to happen. This is from the beginning. It was like we know what is going to happen based on Israel's history with uh, Gaza, especially, but just you know the Palestinians in general. They, if you, you know you kill one Israeli citizen, they will kill twenty Palestinians. Exactly, they will kill thirty Palestinians. As soon as I saw the numbers of uh, you know the dead in the October seventh attack, I was like, oh, this is going to be a pretext for another Nakba. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And anyone who knew anything about this said, we need to make sure that that doesn't happen. We we need to make sure, just as people who, you know, you and I at least, who lived through 9-11, we said, like, we know how much a terrorist attack brings out the patriot in people. And we know that that patriot is a genocidal freak. Mm. So uh, as someone who's experienced this, uh, you know, Americans, I think we can all agree we should probably say, hey, Israel, we know, we know. Don't do it. Don't do it. It will not work out well for anybody and, and yet i think that obviously you and i mean we can't say anything but the united states could have it was yes, incumbent course. upon the united states it was <clears throat> incumbent upon president biden to say exactly that to do to have to show some leadership but, and not like, just leadership but like i mean as we're seeing the state department you know and, and and all of the dissent cables and all of the people who've resigned either you know uh well actually two only two at this point but just internally we know the biden administration is not on board and again this is just like this is statecraft middle east policy 101 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um Israel will have an outsized reaction to mm -hmm. the population of Gaza that they control, in fact, and they are desperate and have taken measures over the last, you know, 30 years to try and pull the United States into a hot war with Iran specifically, mm -hmm. they and the Saudi and Saudi Arabia um, have it in their interest to sever any diplomatic ties between Iran. Like there's just it's just like on and on and on. It's not even about like. Palestinians, let's put them here for half a second. It's about sheer self-interest, yes. like preservation of literally American interests around the world and preventing like a World War Three. Right. And any State Department intro fucking intern right. could say the same shit that if you and I say online, suddenly we're anti-Semitic goons. Yeah. And and I think you're right. Well, and I'm self-hating you're anti-Semitic. Right. And the the the... The reaction that a lot of us had, I think, after October seventh, beyond obviously shock and and like you Horror know, and disgust, and, and yeah, disgust and, and like depression was was that. I think the reason you saw so many people 
immediately talk about the occupation, immediately talk about um, contextualizing these heinous acts is because we all knew mm-hmm. we were on the precipice of a genocide. Absolutely. That we all knew that unless we remind the world yes. that 100%. Gazans are prisoners 100%. and that Palestinians are prisoners, then suddenly it will look like yes. they're all animals not, and it will be okay to right. kill as many yes. as we want, as oh, they want. 100%. So that's yeah. why you saw this immediate solidarity. Yes. It's because it was a warning. It wasn't a... I, bu- I stand with Hamas or I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, no, it was, it was a, in, in, please in, don't do this. Yes, it was in no way, uh, you know, and they still to this day call it for these uh, protests like pro-Hamas protests, which is so fucking disgusting because it's just so, um, it just is a way of making uh, anyone who has a conscience or knows anything about what's going on, it puts it in the category of, oh, these are the people it's okay to murder. Right. You know what I mean? And so like, you know, you're. I agree with you 100, 100%. The idea of giving context, the idea of reminding the world of being like, uh, in, in, is in case you don't know, it doesn't justify the reasons for uh, Hamas doing the attack. It doesn't justify the violence. It doesn't justify any of that. But what it does do is stops you from, from going like, Oh man, I guess there are just some people out there who are born bad. Right. They're born bad. They're born to kill. Uh, it's in their DNA. It's in their society. It's in their blood. We need to wipe them off the face of the earth. That is genocidal language. And I knew that this was going to be that pretext. Yeah. And it was why, you know, I think anyone who spoke out um, was immediately chastised by, you know, people that, you know, people that they knew, people that they didn't know, or, um, you know, like were punished by their workplace or all this because of the fact that this is, it is seen as, um, you know, it is in this country seen as politically incorrect mm-hmm. to talk about uh, the context of Israel in the context of Zionism and Israeli society. It, it just, it is, uh, there is an active effort by Zionist bullies to stop people from uh, saying out loud these things. And instead, which is worse for anti Semitism, by the way. And this is one of the big reasons I like to talk about it, is because what I see is people becoming, I swear to God, it's like, there is anti-Semitism that is happening on the internet and uh, in real life. I, I've i never disputed that. But one thing I am seeing is people living in these bubbles mm-hmm. where the their only news sources uh, or the mainstream news sources are not being honest mm-hmm. with them. And so they are, they become conspiratorial. They become... And I'm not saying that, you know, like... If you're anti-Semitic now, you probably had a little, you know, anti-Semitism of Bruin in, in in the back of your mind. Sure, that might be the case. But I also think that we, we like, allowing Israel to control the narrative, <clears throat> the narrative of the Jews and the Jewish people is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Incredibly anti-Semitic. Like, Do you want some of my not Stanley Cup water? Yes, it's not a Stanley Cup, but it's good. Anywho. Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. 
Why March 17th, you ask? Well, <laughs> because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, you helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to... Do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. We got to pick up the baby in a little bit. Yeah, I know. We got to pick up the baby soon. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, we're we going to move on to uh, some more Irish. Uh, once again, big shout out to the Irish. Uh, the uh, We had this wonderful uh, IJC lawyer. Um, her name is Blini Nagaralaga. I could not with this name. Blini. I think it's... Me Garalaga. Gralai. I think it's Gralai. No, it's no, because it's like it's uh, it's Gaelic, so it's like it's probably like Brainy Grangon. <laughs> oh God! It's not it's between this and the South African names. They were throwing me for one, man. Yeah, they're Brainy Grangon. Brainy Grangon. Oh, she's Brainy Grangon. Yeah. All right, so uh, Mrs. Uh, uh said uh, this over at the ICG. She was first the South Africa. The world should be absolutely yes. horrified. The world should be absolutely outraged. There is no safe space in Gaza, and the world should be ashamed. I love her. Now, we're not going to watch. President, we're not going to watch the, the whole court. thing. In conclusion, I share with you two photographs. No, this is the best part. The first is of a whiteboard at a hospital in northern Gaza, one of the many Palestinian hospitals targeted, besieged, and bombed by Israel over the course of the past three brutal months. The whiteboard is wiped clean of no longer possible surgical cases, leaving only a handwritten message by a Médecins Sans Frontières doctor which reads, This is so fucking... We did what we could. Remember us. The second photograph is of the same whiteboard after an Israeli strike on the hospital on the 21st of November that killed the author of the message, Dr. Mahmoud Abu Nujela, along with two of his colleagues. Just over a month later, in a powerful sermon delivered from a church in Bethlehem on Christmas Day, the same day Israel had killed 250 Palestinians including at least 86 people, many from the same family, massacred in a single strike on Magazi refugee camp. Palestinian pastor Munther Isaac addressed his congregation and the world, and he said, and I quote, 
Gaza as we know it no longer exists. This is an annihilation. This is a genocide. We will rise. We will stand up again from the midst of destruction, as we have always done as Palestinians, though this is by far maybe the biggest blow we have received. But he said, no apologies will be accepted after the genocide. Mm. What mm. has been done has been done. I want you to look in the mirror and ask, where was I when Gaza was going through a genocide? I hate that the answer to that question for me is making a podcast, but I also, at the same time, am like, well, I don't know what else to do. Well, yeah, I, I really love, she continues on just briefly, and she said, South Africa is here doing what we can. And, yeah. and it was just so moving because it was like, where were you? And And she's like, we're here. Like, we are trying to do... You know, whatever is within our power to do, we are exercising this, you know, court that like lives in some sort of matrix-esque like, you know, mm -hmm. womb that they get like crawl out of when they're like, did someone say genocide? You know, and they're like, blah, blah, blah. you know, like who knows where they come from? They're from all over the world, actually. Yeah. And um, they serve, I think it's seven to nine years, something like that. Pretty cush job. Uh, and nice. so they end and she's like, we're doing what we can. What are yeah, you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? doing? What are you doing? And I felt like with South Africa, like South Africa is doing, I think, on a national, on an international level, what I think a lot of us feel like we've been doing in our personal and private and professional lives. Right. We have fighting no choice, against the fucking current, which is fighting against the current and saying the unpopular thing, even though it's going to incur a lot of hate and yeah. a lot of. Um, and, and backlash mm -hmm. and ho in the hopes that history will show that we were right yeah. and that not just to be right. Yeah, not for the not sake for this, not of for bragging being right. Rights, That's but only 5% of it. To, <laughs> but, but, but to be, to so, turn the page on this kind of like death and destruction mm -hmm. to, I mean, that was the whole, that's the whole framework for international law is to say, hey, We've done a lot of these. Um, they're bad. Yeah, Holocaust, right. real bad. Yeah, genocide's let's, bad. Let's set. It, let's create some laws and move as one global community to a world where we don't do this to one another. Mm -hmm. How yeah. about it, guys? Right. And that's sort of what South Africa is bank banking on and betting on. And I will say back to your bricks um, uh, um, comment. The thing that I said to you when this first happened was I believe that Israel showed up because they don't always show up to these things. I believe they showed up because they're scared as shit. Mm -hmm. And they're scared of South Africa because South Africa is not it, it's not a random country. It's actually an economic powerhouse, it right? Yeah. It does have money. It does have yes. trade. They don't want to be embargoed. Mm -hmm. They don't want to lose trading opportunities. And they sure as shit don't want. And Brazil's made a lot of noise. Um, Russia's made a lot of noise. Russia's demand has, has trying to put forward ceasefire mm -hmm. resolutions through the UN. I know we're used to fucking hating Russia, but you know, uh, no one's given Russia just a little bit of credit, despite their own atrocities in Ukraine sure. for trying to stop this thing. So there's one good thing that right. they're doing, um, even though it's massively hypocritical. Um, <laughs> but so it's like, you know, Russia, um, India. Meh, 
India couldn't give a shit, uh, couldn't yeah, care no, less. Uh, you know, like Hindu nationalists, not really gonna. <laughs> they, I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. the, the leader, Indian leadership, but like South Africa is part of this block that mm-hmm. Israel is like, shit, dude. These are kind of our trading partners, and if we're s- totally screwed with them, that might not be a good look economically moving forward. Um, which is just so crass to think about Israel's economy. You know, I turned on NPR the other day and it's like um, the war on uh, Gaza uh, has continued for 100 days now. And how is the Israeli economy doing? Uh-huh. Um, Israelis are concerned that because of so many conscripted soldiers, there's no one left to run their shops. Let's check in with and you're just like, I can't believe this is a conversation. Yeah, straight up. There there was an interview with some people who have like a winery in Haifa. Jesus and they're Christ. like, you know, all of our, uh, you know, employees are uh, are are not coming, you know, back because uh, Israel's decided to have a war with Lebanon right now. That, uh, literally, that is Israel's decision. This is not. Uh, I swear, I like Nasrallah came out of like hiding and was just like, hey. Um, we got we got your back, Gaza, but like we're you know, we'll we'll do our best, whatever. And Israel said, "No, no, sir, you will be fighting with us. We will be fighting mm-hmm. Hezbollah." And so, like, yeah, to like interview the fucking <laughs> the whiners, I'm just like, this is just it's just so it's just so disconnected from reality. It's so disconnected from like the tragedy is so dehumanizing to yeah. the people. Yeah. And yeah, seeing like global leadership is just something that, you know, it nothing makes you I think more ashamed to be an American and proud to be a human than yes. when you see that kind of stuff yes. where you're just like, listen, I am I uh, fuck borders, fuck nationalities, fuck our, you know, geopolitical allies and all this fucking bullshit like uh like looking at South Africa taking the reins and taking moral leadership of this. I think you're right. Israel saw this and said, oh, fuck. You're mm-hmm. like, like we, we have to defend ourselves. Yeah. We have to pretend like, like we go care, up there and lie. They know they don't. Um, yeah. They don't. Cause at the end of the day, they know with the backing of America, they can do whatever the fuck they want. International law is a ruse. It's a lie. It's a, it's just, um, it's so many fancy buildings. It's uh, it's a, pig with lipstick on you know it's just not fucking it is not something that has any sort of enforcement arm uh outside of whatever the fucking hegemon uh, is willing to give it and right. the hegemon is fucking united states they're saying nah fuck that you guys can be mad but uh but i do feel like south africa gave us a glimpse of what this world could look could like. look like if there was accountability if if nations led Mm-hmm. Um, ra- if they led, because South Africa could, could have easily not been a leader. The leader is the one with the biggest weapons and yeah. the biggest military, the most guns, and that's the United States. You mm-hmm. just follow the fucking leader. Yeah. You cower. You you stay in line. You and uh, you don't stick your neck out. Yeah. And South Africa said, "No, we're not going to do that." And it, it's just like uh, the beauty of what if used correctly, what international law could potentially mean, which is us having solidarity with one mm-hmm. another and sticking up for one another. I remember when we were in the AJ Plus studio uh, offices one day and we hosted for just a moment, I think they stopped by, 
um, like there was like a UN na- uh, UN special rapporteur on human rights in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't checking in on like whether we were being treated okay as Al Jazeera <laughs> they wanted um, to reporters. Check in. <laughs> they wanted to check in on the Jewish guy. They wanted to make, yeah, are you okay? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. I love my work. I don't know, but they were. My, 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 my boss is not me tooing me. <laughs> <laughs> I am not I having mean, a relationship with my boss. That's the first thing Matt told them. No, but they were doing this study of the United States, our poverty levels, our lack of health care, our housing conditions. And I was like, oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, sure. good, good for you for, because we, you know, we could use some help. Yeah, totally. I, I'd love to have a UN monitor Dude. on this fucking nation of ours that uh, pretends to be both Fuck. a democracy and a first I world would country. Love, yeah. Airdrop me a car, please. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my civic is broken no it was just it was really no, but uh, yeah, we, we, again this little glimpse this taste of like oh there is an international community out there and right. it is not just um again bending to the united states's will right but you know at the same at the same time you just see like when it comes to enforcement there's like this is going to be i think for you know the world and or you know whatever um this is going to be an interesting test to see um how legitimate um the un and how uh how much the united states backs the un is going to be put to the test because you know for the most part we use the un as kind of like this um you know we'll we refer to it when it's on our side and you know for the most part it it is and you see how um when it comes to israel um the un is just is honest and they vote and they try their best to be but like the us doesn't have a veto here in the international court of justice no they so, don't i mean they it's don't. a little bit different no they, uh, and right. i think the real thing is like we know it that it what might the decision might not come down for months which is sort of ironic because they sped through the trial which is great because mm-hmm. they're trying to stop genocide now right but it's not clear they'll have a verdict anytime soon but yeah. who knows they might return a verdict really soon the real thing is again is like if there is no accountability yeah how can and it might not come from the u.s we have to do our part here right but those other nations what can they do um to try and enact some real economic consequences right. for israel for this action right. going forward um again not to disrespect the fact that this is not they it's not done like meaning which is so sick because we don't even know what the fucking end game is is here really I mean, do you truly believe they're gonna move to more targeted strikes a like a a more um uh um <coughs> narrow war yeah no a more humane apartheid yeah that's like the best case scenario <laughs> you get here is a more is just more of the same more more apartheid it continues no but i mean in gaza like what's what i'm fuck saying is, like what but i that that's the best case scenario and i don't believe that best case scenario i have no faith in the idea that because like w- if there's one thing that has been shown to be true it's that um israel can do whatever it wants without consequences so if you're not giving them consequences then they can do their ultimate dream of the complete ethnic cleansing of the gaza strip they can they can finish that and i don't see a way in which this war ends with israel on top and then not doing that yeah. um, because of the fact that like they are being told essentially that they can. I mean, the, currently, you know, there's this genocide trial that is happening and there has been no, okay, let's 
cool it on the genocide for a little bit. It is it is just continued. They're besieging the last hospital in Gaza as we speak. As we speak. And so, you know, like I look at this and and I go in terms of end goal here, the, the end goal, I think they've made clear multiple times, which is that of the complete transfer of the majority of the population of Gaza um, and the re-physical occupation, um, you know, of, of Gaza. Now, I could be wrong and international pressure and United States pressure may pressure them to just uphold the status quo in which they'll just have Gaza there again under siege and, and you know, locked up. It'll just be an open air prison again. Um, and that's just... It's absolutely uninhabitable. I mean, one of the things that I think South Africa also showed mm-hmm. was, and I hadn't seen footage like this, but the complete detonation of whole neighborhoods. This oh, is, yeah. This is oh, yeah. after neighborhoods were bombed. Yes. This yes. is after, you can imagine, the majority, if not all, people were either killed, injured, or displaced, mm-hmm. or all three and they are leveling neighborhoods. I mean, the number of houses, it's something like 3,000 houses a day or something insane. Right. And you're like, no, they're, they are clearing the ground mm-hmm. to rebuild, to reoccupy, to put their own settlements mm-hmm. on. Yes. It is happening under the United States' very fucking watch. Yes. I mean, the, the, the like coming out of this... It is so laughable that the U.S. would imagine themselves to be any kind of arbiter for any kind of peace process going forward. Yeah. That is done. Yeah, that is completely dead and done. Yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, just the fact that you see today France being the one to negotiate humanitarian aid trucks reaching um, uh, Gaza in exchange for medicine for hostages shows you. That the United States is a zero on this. Completely. And yes. everyone in the international community has given up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, again, it doesn't mean we don't, we don't have a role to play as Americans. Oh, it means... But in yeah. the world's eyes, they have lost all credibility to be actual arbiters. If they ever had any, and man, mind you, they were hanging on by a thread. Right, of course. Uh, but it's uh, if, if you ever had any illusions that somehow the United States was this like moral beacon showed moral leadership and would would be the people to stop bad things um you know which people may have like thought you know with the their support of ukraine or whatnot and been like oh yeah you know they're they're not warmongers what they are is people who are have uh, the you know uh, moral certitude they are right they are the moral leaders and then you see what happens in gaza and you go like none of this is about morality none of this is the america has and even, no foot to stand on yeah and and uh you see that and i think it is i mean the other thing about clear. russia you know we just said about russia it's just like you know like fuck russia but wouldn't it have been an interesting moment for the united states to not veto a ceasefire resolution, right? To work with Russia in an international community space to say, let's rein in this genocide that's happening. Yes, as a diplomatic measure yeah. to 
softening a little bit of the relations right. it, and potentially not and even I, for moral reasons for like completely just again, American interest diplomatic reasons that is, that is exactly what I'm saying <laughs> yes. and I, I would not see that move as throwing s Ukrainians under the bus mm -hmm. I would not see that move as um, capitulating or giving up on Ukrainian you know sovereignty I would see that as as experts have said for a long time now as the beginnings of some way to fucking use diplomacy to get out of what is also another incredibly costly, awful war, although not rising to the level of genocide, but in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, we have to pass up, or at least the Biden administration has to pass up every fucking opportunity yes, yeah. to de-escalate this goddamn in. situation. They're dug in, and they're dug in in a way that is like baffling to most people and uh, is completely counter to... Uh, if you know, for, to anyone who ever had any thoughts that the United States was like uh, a country that, at the very least, would act, um, you know, with strategy or uh, sort of, sort of a, a clear geopolitical uh, narrative that you yeah. understand. Like the only narrative here is just like um, Israel is uh, our fifty-first state. Yeah. That's the only yeah. narrative that and makes sense. We have any a Zionist sense. president. Yes, we have a Zionist president. Israel's our 51st state. Um, they are, we are protecting them as if they are just the United States. It's funny because I truly is... did not, I didn't see this. Hmm. Like, I don't think I knew enough about Biden's Palestine stance to think that he could be just as bad as Donald Trump. I'm not going to say worse. No, he's just as but bad. Just I as think bad. He, I think Donald Trump would have done the same thing. Some people are like, "Oh, if Donald Trump had been in office, it would have been worse." And I was like, "I don't know how it could be worse." I don't see Biden how it has been literally worse. done nothing but support this. I mean, the only th way it Trump been would have supported it as well. Trump might have gone and, like Mike Pence, signed a missile. Yeah, right, right. Signed a bomb. Yes, Trump would have made this about himself in some way, whereas, like, uh, you know, uh, Biden is doing his best to at least look sad when he says, "But we got to keep killing the kids." Yeah, um, which is means less than nothing to me. So, uh, yeah, no, but it's like he's as bad as Trump um, on on this current conflict, or as Trump would have been. And like I, I saw someone say he's like, well, people understand that like Trump will would be like, you know, uh, torturing more Palestinians. And I'm just like, I don't I think I don't know how he could how, like Israel is literally just doing exactly what it wants when it wants. Yeah. Yeah. How could There's, you be more permissive? You can't be more permissive than do whatever you want. There is not, uh, you know, there's not something more than that. They don't have restraint. So why would saying show no restraint mean anything to them? <laughs> so anyways, um, hey, everyone, Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, <laughs> because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m., with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, you helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline, and now I'm asking for you to do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 
7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and, you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So, yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come. Enjoy. Laugh. Love. All right. Uh, one of the other things I want to point out is, uh, just, uh, if to get back to the Irish, cause this is our <laughs> okay <laughs> Irish theme episode for no reason. Um, Bleen. this is, uh, another wonderful, wonderful Irishman, uh, by the name of Todd Hickey, the T-A-D-G-H, which I assume is pronounced Todd um, Hickey. And um, he explains, if you're ever wondering why, why are the Irish so dope? Why are they just the greatest, yeah. the greatest land in Europe? Um, here it is. Understand the Palestinian anti-colonial struggle in a way that the so-called great European nations, France, Germany, Britain, can never understand. These countries have traditionally been the oppressor and not the oppressed. Mm. Ireland, like Palestine, knows what it's like to be brutalized and to have our land confiscated and gifted to settlers who mm. deem themselves to be ethnically superior to us. During Oliver Cromwell's genocidal campaign in Ireland, his slogan for the native Catholic population was that they could go to hell or to Connacht, i.e. to poor land in the west of the country, a likely early prototype for Native American reservations. Mm. Like Palestine, we never stopped resisting our oppression, which led us to being labeled terrorists by the oppressor. A Palestinian friend recently told me that when Palestinians refuse food in Israeli jails and accept only water and salt, they call it going on an Irish hunger strike. <laughs> the recent racist oh, yeah. and Orientalist cartoon in the Washington Post depicting Palestinians as base and amoral called to mind the similarly dehumanizing British Punch magazine depictions of Irish as simian and lawless. During Ireland's War of Independence, which led to the partial liberation of the country from the British Empire, the IRA fought a particularly reviled class of British soldier known Black as the Black and Tans, who were infamous for their brutality against the civilian population. Well, after the war, some of these fine gentlemen were exported to Palestine. In fact, Britain's partition of Ireland and the creation of the British Unionist supremacist statelet of Northern Ireland became a kind of prototype for the Zionist project, with Britain declaring its intentions to create a little loyal Jewish Ulster in a sea of potentially hostile Arabism. In more recent times, Ulster. my friends in the north of Ireland of have words. experienced something at the hands of the colonial oppressor that Palestinians know only too well. That is the denial of justice. Britain's recent shameful legacy bill effectively grants amnesty to British soldiers who carried out war crimes during the Troubles. These are some of the reasons why many of us have your back. Oh, and because it's the right thing to do. There's nothing complicated about genocide. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you. Because honestly, like, I've always known that, like, in Ireland, there are, you know, when you sort of get involved in Palestinian, like, um, solidarity movements, you always see, like, Ireland has like Palestinian flags. Yeah, you know, yeah. you'll up see and, this like, like Irish representation. Clubs, yeah. There's like tons of Palestine yeah, chants, yeah, yeah. and and you sort of get it, but like, You're like that yeah, was... it's a, they have green in their flag. There's green in their right, flag. Right, right. But then there's just but it's like... more than just the green in the flag. But this is again, this is what, and I think it's really important for people outside of the United States to understand and remember is that Palestine is an international symbol of anti-colonial resistance. That's it right. Always has. It always has been this. Yeah. And and just by the mere fact of it being created at a time of peak anti colonialism while Precisely. while decolonization was going on, it was created and that became this international symbol of like that looks like colonization. And it wasn't and, and we have just everyone decided is anti Semitic. Because no. guess what? The fucking people who are the in the most solidarity with Palestine were not the perpetrators of the fucking Holocaust and all of the complicity that right. went along with it and the against people, the Jews. And, this is not these are yes. these are fucking Latin American countries and African countries and Asian countries. Yes. These are not countries and, that were I mean, okay, and, I know there was some like Nazi, you know, fucking, you know, uh, per Peron was not so great when it comes to no, like. No, uh, no, of course there's, but but also more importantly, uh, the people who were, you know, uh, enabling Zionism and are to the state still continuing to support Zionism, are Europeans who fucking hate Jews. And I'm sorry, but like you're, at that time, you're telling me a European in the 40s didn't hate Jews. They did. That was the whole thing. That was like the fucking whole Holocaust thing. So, you know, just this idea that like, um, you know. There is nothing that would make me more mad, and I'm not Jewish, but mm. than a right-winger using my identity I'm telling you, this is my shit. As a fucking reason to like support yes. a genocidal foreign country yes. that I don't really care about and I've never been to and whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, Donald Trump has said this to American Jews like yes. many times. So that, yes, straight You should up. love me more. Because I because love Israel. I love Israel. Yes. And it's just like, well, now we have Biden. Right, so right, we've exactly. got our <laughs> Israel lover. But you know, like it is, that would make me, that would make my skin crawl. And that's why I don't understand liberal Zionists because I'm like, don't you see that your religion, your ethnicity is being weaponized by the right to, to, um, to basically control you and uh, to yes. control you and to the worst and most disgusting ends possible yeah. in, in, you know, that's either yeah. in there, y'all should just move out of this country mm -hmm. and, or the end times will be prompted by you going to Israel, right. which uh, however way you slice it, it is so bad faith and offensive and straight up anti-Semitic and anti-Semitic <laughs> that you're just like, how are we not? Are we not all seeing this? Are we not all seeing? I'm telling you. These... I mean, listen. A lot of us, a lot of us do see this, and a lot of us um, talk about it. And then uh, a lot of uh, people, you know, want to have it both ways. Want to have it both ways. That's the thing about liberal Zionism. It is just wanting to have it both ways. It's like, how do I create a narrative in which I am still the main character, good guy of my life? And at the same time, 
I have my fucking, you know, uh, ethno state uh, club med that I can uh, go to eventually <laughs> that I will let both Palestinians and Israelis bleed for. I'll let them die. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and a continuous cycle of violence because one day I might need it just like a total fucking disgusting like a uh, worldview that is pounded into you because it's you're told that's what it's for so you're like oh i guess that's normal and then once you like step back and go like wait a second this is a contingency plan that is based on me like being kicked out by right wingers yeah and so in order to uh be safe i need to support right-wingers right-wing genociders like i'm being kicked out by genociders uh, in order to stop that from happening i need to support these genociders like you have to have cognitive dissonance in order to fully believe that and yeah. i think uh that's what they uh kind of count on before we go because um we have to yeah, pick up I our feel, baby i feel bad that we've rushed through this episode and i feel like you had so many more clips i feel like there was more irishmen to be had. no that those were all the the irish i think we've had enough of the fucking irish we're fucking done. I'm sorry. If I have any Irish listeners, you know I love you. No, but you. It's, it's just, it's so, it is so important to remember the fucks that got us into this. The fucks yes. who have colonized the world. Yes. And that. Yeah. And remember. They do not speak for all of Europe and all of Europeans. Mm -hmm. And the Irish have, again, long been. And that's why I have some hope for this country a little bit. Mm. Because I do think. Other than Biden, you know, between American Jews and then, you know, I don't know, the Irish, American Irish. I don't know, Matt. I'm trying to figure out a way to say like. Here's how you have hope. I have hope for this. Nation. I think that this country, as it becomes less and less, let's be honest, white, uh, as, it, as it becomes. Uh, <laughs> no, it's becoming more and more white. Well, OK, but that the tent of whiteness, of course, will expand. But what I'm saying is that as this country um, becomes uh, less and less more diluted uh, ethnically less and less ethnically white where there's just uh, you know I think we're going to you know see uh, more and more people kind of stop looking at this as like you know oh well the Israelis are um, this like you know they'll, they'll stop looking at it as Israel as being the fucking outpost of the west and they'll start questioning the idea of like why we need an outpost of the west you know and i i don't know i i, I cuz i see more people of color um supporting palestinians uh every time you know one of these mowing the lawns happens yeah um and so it makes me feel like there is hope because the one thing you know with this country that um I think is a thing I like about it is the fact that we are at, you know, a country that has a lot of people who are not just white people and more yeah. and more becoming more and more diverse. And that is a very good thing. And I think the other thing is like, you know, as much as I am, I can't believe right wingers are jumping on are such Zionists. Stay Zionist, please. Because as we I talked know. about, as soon as they start to 
um, dabble in anti-Zionism is when it really becomes anti-Semitic to right. be against uh, when a right winger is anti-Zionist. Uh, I'll tell you right now, they are. It's not because they love the Palestinians. Exactly. Um, One hundred percent. I mean, just this week, you know, Trump started talking about we should have a dome. Why do we give so much money elsewhere? We should have our, our own dome. And he was referring to the Iron Dome. He right. didn't say it. He didn't say Israel. He he made a hilarious gesture, going Bing, Bing, Boom, She. And he was talking about how like. <laughs> You know, the the missiles don't hit, you know, whatever target because bing, 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 boom, she and like and I'm telling you, Matt, it made me so scared because I was like, oh, my God, if he gets the MAGA base on board with the fact that why do we give so many uh, so many weapons to Israel, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like. I'm, it makes me so mad at Democrats for completely dropping the anti-war mantle yeah. and 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 the fucking ball and letting it just like roll away from us yes. when it, it was ours and it is ours to pick up and it always has been leftists and progressives and some Democrats, mm-hmm. um, you know, formerly Bernie Sanders who've been sounding this alarm and yeah. calling for peace. And, you know, it's like, I have a lot more to say obviously on that, but I'm just like, you know... Let us chip away at Zionism until the last people who believe in this project are psycho right wingers and everyone and we can speak to everyone else and let them know it's okay. It's okay to let this go. Speaking of that, um, I think that there's hope for that, too, because the fact that uh, as Israel and their Hasbar campaign um, has become more and more aware that um, anyone with who's in any way a progressive or leftist or even like a lot of liberals um, become more and more disgusted with them. They're realizing that it's not having the power that it once had. And so uh, a friend of the show, uh, Babak, uh, who I I am probably pronouncing that wrong, um, Babak, but it's Babak, um, sent me this wonderful, I think it was an AI-generated Israeli Hasbara video uh, and if you want to know how closely um, the uh, Israelis um, like mindset is just like aligned with the right wing id, just watch this wonderful video. Israel is a young and strong guy. He likes sports, especially soccer. He loves to learn and grow. <laughs> he even invented inventions that change the world. Israel is a role model for everyone. Oh my I god. Love, I love how hot he is. <laughs> so look at those veins. Look at the veins. Standing next to this like a little Israel boy. Israel is trying to live normal life without problems. They have always he been trying to live normal live life without normal problems. Life without problems. Aiming to continue progressing and developing. I want to know what this AI was fed. With anyone. I think this AI was fed straight cum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, was, what is it, the uh, no, it sperm like, preservation program for yeah, the IDF? Yeah. 100%. No, this is uh, someone who said, um, Israelis are the 300 guys. And, uh, yeah. But because Israel is so successful, the neighbors living nearby are jealous of him and trying to harm him. Yeah, they hate us because they ain't. I don't know if this is a fan who jokingly made this or if they're bringing oh, no, to your is, attention something that is real. This is for sure real. Oh, my God. Yeah. All, I mean, it's AI, but, you know. The tools to succeed on their own. But what drives them in life is their hatred towards Israel. 
fucking just um uh, if you're listening oh yeah um, i'm sorry brown men arabs with uh turbans on uh, screaming mouth open uh screaming kind of uh you know just uh just picture racist screaming Arab totally cartoon. not they ripped either not to harming more screaming. Israel. yeah sometimes they succeed in doing so oh sad Israel's in, guy. in the rain <laughs> israel is stronger than all his neighbors combined he has proven that more than once Israel will continue to progress. <laughs> they just got like this is so gay. Stand on its own. <laughs> this is really gay. Trying to bring him down will succeed. Israel is a lion in the neighborhood of sheep. Um, I'm sorry, but the sheep are. Is the lion? So the lion's a predator. Yeah, the lion's a predator. <laughs> like, it's just. Anyways, my point being that, uh, hey, Israel. Um, so Israel is your an incel. Is I think is that's yeah. Israel's just is, an incel. Yeah, they're an is cell. Um, anyways, that thank you for so much for showing us that. It is just like it's beautiful when you see uh, someone is just like you know the problem with Israel and our propaganda is we don't have enough Chad videos. <laughs> We need them to be like fucking mega chads, you know, and uh, we need to make them hot. The problem is people need to see the IDF is hot. And it's like, yeah, that's not the problem. Um, all right. I think that's been a show. It's been a show. Francesca Fiorentini, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking sure. to me. Um, uh, listen to The Bituation Room. Yeah. Follow me on all the things at Franny Fio. You can subscribe to The Bituation Room, youtube.com slash Franny Fio. Yeah. Or listen as a podcast. Yeah. Check it out. It's very good. Um, it is. You probably already do. But uh, if you don't, please do check it out. It's very, very good. And she talks about other things, too. Not J Adriel like me. Uh <laughs> Patreon.com slash fraudcast. Email me for your questions, your comments, concerns. Badhasbar at gmail.com. All right, everyone. I still don't have an ending sign out, but until next time, from the river to the sea, now no one will hire me. Thank you, James Fritz. I love you. Jumping jacks was us. Push-ups was us. Krav Maga us. All karate us. Taking Molly us. Michael Jackson us. Yamaha Success. Happy Meals was us, McDonald's was us, being happy us, Bikram Yoga us, eating food us, breathing air us, drinking water us. We invented all that shit. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.